Hello, Grace. How are you today? Hi, really good. What about you? I'm fantastic, thank you. Welcome to our listeners and today's episode of Can You See What I See? It's Vicky Scott here and today my co-host, Grace Hart, is actually going to ask me some (laughs) questions about projects and I often talk about me being a project manager and how I do life. So um, uh, quite nervously and (laughs) excitedly, I'm going to hand over to Grace. I'm glad you said the nervous and then, oh, actually, maybe I'm just excited because <laughs> we can get those confused, hey? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you always say to me privately and, and we have talked about it a little bit um, with the podcast, but um, that our life is our greatest project. And I know that you literally do that for a job, as in in the past you've done Corroboree 2000 and a few other projects. And I just thought that it would be lovely to hear from your point of view what makes, you know, a great project manager and, and, how, that, and how we can sort of bring that into our own personal life as well. Because I'm sure not everyone listening is a project manager, <laughs> but yet what you say is that they are, right? I mean, they've got their life and that's a bunch of projects. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, just to give our listeners some background to that, I was project manager for Corroboree 2000, which was um, where 250,000 people walked over Sydney Harbour Bridge in support of reconciliation. And it was more than 12, 15 months in the planning where we closed Sydney Harbour Bridge for seven hours and um, a lot of people and three different levels of government and a lot of community organisations from all around the country um, were involved. So it, we, it hadn't been done before, so there was no blueprint for it. So uh, it it did take on a, okay, let's see where this takes us. Yes, but, I'm curious, hmm. when you were asked to be the project manager for that, what was that like? And you know, just Because as you said, it's never no. been done before. <laughs> was actually my first reaction was fantastic oh so good I know I was so excited about the vision for a start it was the council for aboriginal reconciliation's vision and it was just okay let's have a walk over sydney harbour bridge and let's just see how many people do actually support this thing we call reconciliation and for me it was like okay this is something practical we can all do in some way and So it was it was great, um, and I was lucky enough to have people like Linda Burney and Ray Martin, who actually were the council. Linda wasn't on the council at the time, but she had been, and she shared had shared this vision for all the years she was on the council herself. Wow. So, and she lived in Sydney, as did Ray Martin. So they knew the local why of the land, and I knew that. I shared, we all shared that same vision. So, um, but I also started to see that I had some gifts that I had built up over a lifetime mm-hmm. that had put me in this place at this point <laughs> in time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so it was, it, I have to say, it was exciting for me. Yeah. And what was the moment like for you when you actually saw it? You know, so it's gone from the vision and all those months of putting, you know, putting it in place with everyone around you, when you actually saw it, what was that like for you? Oh, I actually cried. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah, I think I would have too. (laughs) There would have been a lot of leakage. (laughs) Yeah, 
I was standing up on the bridge mm. and there was no, there were no cars. We'd closed the bridge and I looked back and as far as I could see, there were people and, and behind wow. and in front of me. And I went, oh, my hat, we've done it. We've done it. <laughs> and it was the time, too, when there was a plane that came up into the sky and did skywriting with the word sorry. On yeah, it. no, I remember that. And I, yeah. and I think that was when I cried. It yeah. was like, oh, my hat, there's somebody else. Because we didn't do that. There was some individual who did that. Well, and that, I thought, they bought, they bought in the division. Well, I was just going to say that's, you invited them, you invited us all to look at this. And, you know, I'm teary, you know, because it's just, it's a beautiful thing when you create something that generates a possibility and for people to actually have a voice and, you know, to be heard and um, and to actually visually see just, you know, the the thousands and thousands um do you know i mean you said 250 it seemed like a heck more than that when i when i saw it i know we're still talking about it today uh even though it was in 2000 but um yeah how how did you feel about the ongoing change you know as far as other people were stepping up and writing things in in the sky and you know coming forward as well like it brought in a whole new discussion didn't it kept it going well yeah, it did, and I have to say that there was a time when I felt very down about it because I thought, well, yeah, what difference has this made in the daily lives of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples? And because we still had the same stats, everything else was, nothing much seemed to have changed that I could see. Um, and then one day I read a story in a paper somewhere that it was about an Aboriginal woman who had caught the train up from Wollongong and she said she really tossed up and down whether she would do it Mm. um, because she was so angry and she was still so impacted by the policies of, um, you know, what had happened to our First Nations people, yes. And uh, anyway, so she said... When she she decided to come and when she stood on the bridge and saw the sorry, she said she cried and she said someone cares because she was taken as a child, had never met her parents. They died before she could um, find out who they were and where they were and they had died. Um, So she, you know, her, her whole life had been ripped apart by our nation and its policies. So... Um, that gave me heart to think, well, that made a difference, not just in that woman's life, but in the life of her family and their families. So I thought it is a ripple effect and and it's not up to us to decide what that How, how that shows that up. Is. Yeah, I mean, That's of course. Exactly. exactly. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd love to see stats change, um, you know, ex- sooner rather than later. Um, in a horrible, horrible time. Um, however, I really do get that it couldn't – what you created opened up, um, I think, a lot of people's hearts and a lot of people to what had actually happened and the wounding and, um, mm. and you know, and just, yeah, the sorry broke me. <laughs> like I'm still crying even now. Like it's just – Sometimes that's it, you know. You just want someone to say, "I'm sorry," you know. That that um, just to not feel alone, and um, and it's a beautiful thing when 
they can receive that to know that that people care. Um, but mm. you know, but yes, I'm all for actual you know change as well. Um, you know, what would it take, yeah. right? Yeah, well, you know, we talked once before about what some of the basic needs that we all have, and one of them is that interdependence. And part of that means that we can't do this on our own. We, we actually, it all comes down to relationships, and you cannot have a relationship unless it's built on respect and trust. Yeah. And you can, yeah, well, you can only develop those when you're willing to get out of your own head and come from your heart and be willing to listen to somebody else's um, experience. So you might say, but that's not true. That's not how it happened. We, you know, da, da, da. It, it's irrelevant. Stop trying to defend. And, you know, and I, I sort of got to, away from that place of, oh, my God, I'm continuing to try to defend what was good about it. I mean, why can't we just be with people I know myself when I've been in that place of pain for some reason and somebody tries to tell me, you know, it's not that bad or, you know, that there are other things that have happened as a result that are good. And I mean, you know what? I know all that at a head level. I know all that. But that's, I have a basic need now just for that understanding. And I want somebody to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, I can see you in pain. That's all it takes. Like, I'm really sorry. You know, and not to say, people say it's not up to me, I didn't do that in relation to corroboree. The, the, the long and short of that is we're still living with the benefits of what happened when we took over the land of Aboriginal people. So, you know, we continue to benefit, you know, because that was never, there was never a treaty and and there was the relationship between us is still in that place of healing. Consequently, even in Queensland, we're still having discussions about, well, what would a treaty look like? So, you know, until we're willing to come from our hearts and not our heads, then um, um, I don't think we're, you know, we're destined for any sort of true relationship um, until then. So, Grace, you, um, you, you talked before about, you know, in terms of my life and my project, why I say that about my life is the biggest project is that it has a beginning and it has an end. You know, we're all born and we all die. There are two things that we know are going to happen. So the only thing we've got is this space in between the birth and the death. And we continue to have found some reason to think death is bad or death is tragic or death is sad whereas none of us are guaranteed anything. Each of us are a unique soul. And, you know, I read somewhere recently about, um, you know, what, you know only when you find your why or, you know, what's your purpose and if you find this, you know, then you can live accordingly. But, you know, we've, we've grown up with these beliefs that, it's a, you know, purpose has to be something grand or whatever, but it doesn't have to be. It can be something quite simple and humble. And yeah. And one thing I missed is that the point of purpose is not to feed our ego, it is to feed our soul. And when we accept we're more than a body, you know, we use expressions like mind, body, soul, and the religious people amongst us who follow a particular religion, it's a 
stakes and it gives Alders Grove Catholic and it worked for me in those years. You know, that's all I knew. I grew up like that. Um, and I used the words, you know, mind, body, spirit, etc. But it didn't really res- – I didn't get what that meant until I got much older. And then I came to see the difference in the feeling about when you talk about coming from your heart or your soul. And to me, that sort of meant about, um, and I guess, you know, I found out um, along the way, and probably corroboree was one of them, that our soul comes into physical existence to express something. And that, that is what I came to see is probably called our gift. We all have our own unique gift and talent, gifts and talents. Some of us have many, but there'll be a dominant one. And, you know, we all have that gift. And what if sharing that gift is our purpose? What if it's as simple as that? So, you know, we go off thinking, right, if society wants us to go to school, get educated, go to TAFE, get a trade, go to uni, get a degree... You know, don't, okay, and then you start to get into the status, the position, the power, um, and you know that that has its place. I'm not saying that, but what if the way we pursue that is just all around a superficial thing? But it's not really about that thing that comes from deep within all of us. And I got to see that with corroboree because. I knew, I just had a deep knowing that that was going to be successful. But right up until the day before, it, it was hard work, let me tell you. You know, we had the politics of white on black and black on black and different layers of government. And um, but, and, and what I found, what I learned was everybody had their own agenda. Mm. And, you know... I found my role was people call me the glue. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting thing, but I got to yeah. see oh, that's, that's my gift. I can actually be present with people and to see what's important to them um, without making a judgment and then looking like, okay, well, here's a common vision if you were to get your needs met, what would that look like in relation to this vision? So everybody, you know, and I remember going to community groups where they wanted to march against what um, was the John Howard government then and he didn't support practical reconciliation. So things like a walkover bridge, just it was not on his... Uh, he just gave it no credibility at all. Um, and they wanted to say there's all these um, leftover promises that had never been met and things hadn't worked. And I said, look, would it work for you if you can march? We're all going to march. We're all going to say which is important to us. If you can have your plaque, you can have your um, banners, but could you do it in peace so that we, we could all have our say and we can tell the nation this is still important, this is not fixed yet. So we're not trying to say we're happy, we're reconciled. We, we know it's an ongoing challenge, which to me is, again, about our own personal lives because there is no one end. There'll be parts of our life that is a separate project and they're all separate projects because one will be your health, one will be 
um, you know, all those things about how do you choose what what it is you want to do and how do you how do you um, be true to fulfilling on your own dreams and goals and values and working out what they are and what what sits with you at a deep level within your soul and some people I don't know are there other language about soul but for me it's like um, as long as it comes from our heart and not our head is, is another way I guess mm. but. I don't know. What's your thought? Uh, I'm just, I've got so many things swirling around in my, my awareness right now. And the, the first one I, want, I would love to touch on is when you talked about the glue. And, um, you know, what for me, one of the skills, whether you're a project manager or not, because uh, as you say so beautifully, everyone's managing projects, whether it's their kids or their job or, you know, their routine that week or whatever. There's just a multitude of projects that we're all sort of managing and, when you talked about the glue, I got a really beautiful sense of when you have parties that want to be separate, you know, want to do the right and the wrong or the polarity. Um, and I, if you imagine glue coming in, the glue is touching both of those um, sides, so to speak, which then creates no more separation. So, you know, they're saying, oh, we don't want to do this or this is right and this is wrong. And then you come in as the glue and you're, you're actually the space between those two energies. However, because you're spread out and, and touching both, um, they're actually touching each other, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And That's I just, exactly it. yeah, and I just got, because you, it's like osmosis, you know, it's like as soon as you came in as the glue, they couldn't help but be uh, in communion with each other whether they liked it or not because this glue's there right mm. and um mm. and there and what I'm loving when I heard what you said is for me as long as we're in polarity we're going to have war because there's the right and the wrong and the good and the bad and um and when you lose that and bring in the energy of allowance there's such a gift with that so allowance is not accepting it um, allowance is not making it right or wrong. It's just actually taking taking the gloves off and allowing the information to come from, you know, the quote-unquote other side, the wrong side. <laughs> and, and when you've got that, when you've taken off the gloves and you're just this space of allowance, willing to allow the information to come through, there's a spaciousness and a kindness that... What I've noticed is that, you know, the quote-unquote other side softens because no, there's no longer a fight. But as soon as, you know, you say they're right or they're wrong, it's going to make one party wrong at some point. And so I just, when I'm listening to you, um, you know, when you had these people saying, you know, it's not fixed and we want to fight, um, and rightly so, I, I totally get that. It's the, the woundedness is very much still there and there's things that do need to still change even now. However, you being who you were, that glue, took it from a fight to what would you like to create and how can you um, be heard in a way that's expansive and generative and creative versus just – because we all know as soon as you make someone wrong, what are they going to do? You know, unless they've got a lot of consciousness and awareness, they're going to come up against you. They're going to fight back. They're going to go into reason and justification. And then it just starts this war, you know. Um, mm. So 
you've obviously talked about that, but if I said to you, how do you manage conflict? You know, the different personalities that come up, how, what goes on for you? Because as you said, you had a lot of different personalities, different groups, different sides of politics, um, a lot of woundedness. How do you manage that? Well, the first thing for me, and I think this is why I know it's a gift of mine because it came naturally and it was like I didn't have to go into my head and think, now, hang on, what's the theory? What am I supposed to do now? Um, right. Oh, it's just on, who you be. It's got to come first. It yeah. is just who you be. And, you know, I went to a lot of meetings. <laughs> I went to, I, you know, and people, people um, think, oh, yeah, it's a waste of time or, you know, it's, it's cost a lot of money and whatever else. Um, but let me tell you, it, it wasn't just with corroboree. I also coordinated Chogham, the Commonwealth Heads of Government for Queensland, um, Queensland uh, Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting, but I coordinated Queensland Government's role in that. And it was just before September 11 as well, which created another um, impact as well. But right. um, it was no different. You know, people almost resisted and resented the fact that I wanted to meet with people. I wanted people to talk. And I realised that, you know, because, again, people saw me as the glue. By then, after corroboree, I had seen the value of having a person who was the glue. Mm. And it's like it's a safe place. And it didn't matter whether it was the Premier's office or it was somebody at the grassroots level who had a business who was going to be impacted by having to close all the roads or all the motorcades or whatever it was. Somebody had somewhere to go where they knew their concerns could be expressed without being shut down. And I was just going to say truly heard. You know, that's one of one of your yes. gifts is that you truly listen. I mean, a lot of people when they are quote unquote listening, really what they're doing is just coming up with their next question or their next thing or their argument. They're not really truly receiving the information from that other person and you do that. Well, that's only come through, through experience because before I got to that place of valuing my gift, which was coming from my soul level, um, I, I didn't value that because I grew up in an era and I was working in Prime Minister's Department where everybody had a degree or three and I didn't. So I made it mean I wasn't good enough, I didn't know enough, um, with all those sorts of things and... Um, it was only when I could see that, hang on, unless we build a relationship with these people, then it's not going to work. So I, I was able to leave my own ego aside, and mm. I didn't have language for this back then, but yeah. as I got older, I see that, yeah, ego is just that thing about we've been made to think, if I don't say or do this, then people aren't going to think oh, I know enough or yeah. it all comes back to our own stuff about yeah. are we good enough? Do we yeah. think we're smart enough? Do we think we're, you know, and even, you know, I've worked with a lot of people with all those qualifications, but they didn't know how to have a communication and actually say, hang on, what are we trying to do? And why is this important? And they were the two biggest questions because once I could Get those, just ask that, hang on, what do you want and why do you want that? Um, and when they could answer that, most people couldn't answer that yeah. when I first asked those questions yeah. because 
it, they went straight to that polarity of exactly. being right or yeah. right than someone else. Yeah. So it was like having to, first of all, get through this thing about, hang on, they're wrong and they can't see. So, okay, what if we were to create this space? And, you know, I know people um, who are similar to I am, don't have degrees, don't have, you know, qualifications that could stand up like a project manager's a master in project management. I actually did start doing that at QUT and I have to say I lost a little bit of interest because I, the way I learn is to learn in the practical sense. And so I wanted to actually get out there and do it, whereas rather than go and learn the theory first, I'd already learned the theory about how to make a project work through corroboree and Chogham. Yeah. So, and it was interesting that they use corroboree as, one of the examples <laughs> in a university textbook oh, for that's event funny. management. It is funny. <laughs> so then I, that, all of these things started to make me think, oh, hang on, there might be some value in this. But because no one else was valuing it with money, as in, you know, they didn't, you know, um, couldn't see, they all wanted to know, well, what's your qualification? Well, this is it. This, these are my runs on the board, yeah. basically. So, yeah. um, um, and yeah. that taught me a lot, I guess, about, you know, you talk about how, um, you know, why is that so, you know, in my head, I always have, it's sort of like a four-step process, I guess. And one is getting really clear on the vision. And that's, there's sorts of questions about, well, what do you want and why do you want it? And you get everybody on that. Getting answering those so instead of the right and the wrong conversation or the polarity conversation, it's it's actually a, a creation and questions. It is creation, yeah. Thank you. And it's a very different language and uh, totally different. Until, you know, and when I say I was the glue, I didn't have any of the knowledge, but what I did have was a deep gut sense of yep, that's going to help us achieve this. And I I knew straight away if somebody said something, it was like. Oh no, that's not going to work. Yeah. Or hang on, let's explore that some more. Yeah. Um, and so it was. A, and I remember once we were in a meeting with lots of people in Sydney in the early days, and somebody said, "But listen, you can't shut the bridge. <laughs> you know, they didn't. They, they were talking four hours at that point. You can't shut that bridge. You know, that's going to just disrupt Sydney. Everything. And some young. Well, some young man said. But isn't that the point of this exercise? <laughs> exactly. Don't we want to a pattern break? Change tracks, literally. Let's just change tracks, and that was like, oh my hat! Yeah. That was a one of those aha moments for me about how do we think outside the box here? You know, what else is possible? Yeah. So, um, but then, sorry, go. Sorry, I, I just want to say in that early part is we all need to think about what our gift is. And, you know, what is it that we think, you know, we can help achieve that? And for all of us to get clear about, you know, yeah, that's very well, but what would that look like when I achieve it? So people say, yeah, well, this is my vision. But when you actually say to them, well, look, can you say some more to me about what would that look like? If we had actually achieved that vision, what would you and I be doing and what would our clients be doing and da-da-da? That often stops people in their tracks because they haven't thought that far ahead. And, and, and you know, if you think about just even relationships, you know, husband, wife or whatever, um, when, they're, when they're talking about their, you know, gripes with each other, 
that's the right and the wrong, right? Instead of yes. what, what is your vision for the relationship? What are you aware of when you are with this person? What can you generate and create? And when you get that vision, then, you know, what's it going to create? You talking about the toilet seat left up and down or, you know, the towels on the floor or whatever, you know, I hear often from people. Um, it makes you, it does, it stops you in your tracks going, wow, hang on a minute. It, it, what would it create if I, we had this conversation when my vision is actually a communion and a generation and creation with this person? Well, you just summed it up, Grace. It, it, you, you start to see it's those little things in life that yeah. are actually the things that are going to create the big things. Yeah, and it's not one. It's not the one vision to rule them all, you know, like with <laughs> Lord of the Rings. It's actually there's, there's lots of little mini choices that made that walk across the bridge happen, right? Absolutely. And, and did it look anything quite like I saw at the beginning? No. Oh, that's, it, that's actually act- really good to acknowledge. Um, but you know what? It was actually better because by the time we got there, and got out of your way, everyone's been, way, you know, as as in you, you allowed the process to actually create and generate itself versus the control. Exactly, we got out of the control mode and thought, well, hang on, how can we create something that is out of the box here, basically? Yeah, and you did, and that's and why so, we're still talking about it. You know, twenty two years later, it's it's it was well, remarkable. I think what was what it was is individuals took ownership of it. Yeah. So we had individuals coming from all around the country yeah. because they had valued it in their own community and they wanted to be part of the national statement. Um, and so most of those people, you know, I didn't know them from a bar of soap. They wouldn't know me from a bar of soap. But did it matter? No, because we all got to express that bigger, you know, that it's what the we kingdom of we. <laughs> You know, it was a, it was a true kingdom of we, lots of yes. different we's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yes. the other thing that you said that I, I do want to acknowledge um, is you talked about becoming aware of your gifts, talents, and abilities. And as you said so beautifully, um, it might just it's most likely something you you might downplay because it's just who you are, <laughs> um, and yes. you don't see it as a gift, talent, and ability. Doesn't everyone have that? No. <laughs> Um, but the other thing that you, you mentioned is that you, you actually acknowledged it. You actually acknowledged the value of your gifts, talents and abilities. And I wanted to speak to that because for, when you acknowledge something, it allows you to become greater than that. And when you don't acknowledge it, then can other people truly um, commit to you in that way? So what I mean by if you hadn't acknowledged your gifts as a project manager, for example, could anyone else have seen that in you? And it's when you are willing to acknowledge it, you step into it, then other people can contribute to that because they see it because you're seeing it and then you can actually become even greater because you've acknowledged it. Whereas if you don't acknowledge it, can you truly step into it or or even beyond it? You know, you're so right. You know, as I said, I had that I'm not good enough thing uh, we all do yeah um, yeah we we have it in some form we yeah cover it up absolutely well yeah by getting more degrees or getting whatever um yeah. but but at the end of the day it still comes back to like you said oprah says most of her people Correct. including the president she said the every States she actually said everyone it was every mm. single person mm-hmm. mm. sorry i interrupted I okay that was their question to her yeah. Did I do okay? Yeah, yes. when the recording so stopped. Wants affirmation. Mm. Yes, um, validation, acknowledgement. Yeah. 
and, and it starts and with giving it to yourself, because, you know. Well, because I, I just had this thick knowing that this was going to work and I didn't know how, I didn't know, but I just knew it was. So I trusted yeah. that innate gut feeling I had and one day at a time I just kept doing it and um, and it, it, that and I had to really ch- – some of my beliefs were challenged over that time where I actually had to look at whether they were still serving me. So I was undergoing a personal transformation at the same time as um, – I'm, I'm going to jump in on that too because you see, for me, a leader is someone who comes into whether it's a meeting or you know whether you're the project manager or whatever it is, with a willingness to change. You know, to, so they're not coming in with "this is it, I'm right, I've got the vision, you'll do what I'm." You know, that power and control that's a lot of I've seen a lot of people do, whether it's in intimate relationships or in a situation with you know as a, as a project. But if a, if a leader comes in with, hey, you know, this is the vision I see and I'd like to hear from you, you know, and there's this openness and willingness to change because that what you said so beautifully is you allowed everybody to be heard and you weren't in a position of power and control of righteousness. You were actually saying, this is what I see. However, what do you know? What can you share? And I remember the time when you said to me, Oh, you know, we were told the bridge might collapse because of. Uh, can you speak to that? I won't do oh, it yes, justice, yes. but that was funny. I mean, not funny, funny, not funny. <laughs> yeah, during that preparation time, we had there had been a bridge overseas where there was a big demonstration, and people had come from opposite ends of the bridge, and it when certain when bridges, you know, and the engineering in them, they're not geared to get certain vibrations. Anyway, this bridge overseas collapsed and a lot of people fell into the water and some drowned. Um, And so then, of course, this was in the news in Australia and there were people talking about, okay, well, unless you give us this, we're going to come from the other end of the bridge and we're going to do this. And and it was scary because, you know, you can imagine you then have a vision of the Sydney Harbour Bridge collapsing. (laughs) Yeah, that's not, that's right. That's not, and that does not, probably not your best choice. Not not a happy, not a happy thought. And bear in mind, politically, we're three months out from the Sydney Olympics. So then we have the New South Wales government saying we can't afford to have demonstrations in the city just before we have the international eyes upon us yeah so they got nervous and should we go ahead with the walk and da 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 so um yeah it's sorry i forgot your question (laughs) so have i i I was just really more talking about how the the walking across the bridge and um how do you deal with that that. you know when you hear that news um as a project manager when i went and talked to the groups and they were the ones that were talking about coming from the other end and said hey how, is there a way we can do this together and both have our own needs met? And they were fantastic, I have to say. You know, they were relieved to see that somebody was willing to say, okay, you can do this and we'll do that and we'll give you the platform, but we ask that you respect that and treat this um, in a way that it's done peacefully. Um, you know, and that worked. Yeah, I'm just also hearing, you know, uh, for me with, you know, domestic violence and tr- and trauma, um, we talk about the traumatic parts, you know, the dissociative parts and how what they really desire is to feel safe, secure and supported. And as I'm hearing you speak, you know, out on what the your gifts, talents and abilities are as a project manager, you're, you know, you've got the vision, 
you're allowing the kingdom of we. People are being truly heard. Um, you're asking questions that create and generate versus bring people into polarity and right and wrong. And then I, you know, I just got that acknowledgement that when you speak to people, they feel safe, secure, and supported because no matter who we are, um, you know, I heard um, Ricky Gervais say the next pandemic is going to be anxiety. And, you know, I'm putting my hand up saying hallelujah because that is what's that is already what's happening but it's just going to get so much worse. And um, and when you're, you were dealing with all these personalities, there's trauma there and, and there's your gift to bring people together and for them to feel safe, secure and supported so that they can come out of right and wrong and actually look at what we can create together that's the gift. And for me, if we can do that individually with our kids or our business and, and ourselves, you know, I mean, how, how often are we making ourselves wrong or in judgment of who we are or judgment of our bodies? And what if we actually were that space of, you know, kindness where we are safe, secure, we, we, we are, we're in allowance um, so we can actually create change with our bodies or create change with our relationships with ourselves and others so I'm just celebrating you because I'm starting to see you know what makes you such a great project manager but let me say one of the things about being a project manager is the first lesson is you can't do it on your own (laughs) you can you said this before about we need to we need to actually get some dolphins as you call them or yeah. mentor mentors or people who share want something greater for us than you know want something for us that maybe we can't even see yet. we haven't been to the top of the mountain where we can see what's possible so we want someone to help us see that vision that something else is possible and that could be their gift that they could see something in us and you know, I know with Ray Martin, he was such an angel for me at that time because at the after the walk was over, we all met up in the room over at Darling Harbour and he stood up and thanked everybody involved. But he said, and he said, I think we'd all be in agreement that none of this would have happened if it wasn't for Vicky Scott. Yeah. Well, that, that really blew my mind because I had no sense of, really? What? You know, so for me, it was just like I just took daily steps every day, every hour almost, for 18 months just about, my poor family. You know, <laughs> I couldn't have done it if they weren't holding the fort back home. Um, and you can't do anything in isolation, you know, and that brings me back to that. It all comes back to the circle. And this is the project management probably if we could might, might finish it on this is um, – Every project has the beginning and the end, but as soon as you've finished the end, the last part of it is to look at, well, what worked well? What could we have done differently? You know, what didn't work well or what failed? You can use that language if you like, so long as you don't make it mean you failed. Exactly, yeah. Um, But, you know, and so what are you going to do then with those results that you've produced and what do I want now? So it, it starts to become a circle. You know, and you start to see that, well, yeah, well, I acknowledge this and this worked. Um, now, what what do I want next? And the same thing. And you hone it. So over my 60-odd years, I've actually got, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was honing these project management skills as I went. And um, I now am at a stage to know, you know what, I can see what else is possible, but 
I also know I don't have to do this myself. Yeah. I just have to use my gifts and my talents and contribute those to something else where if, if someone else has a vision, I think, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, I wonder what I could do to support that. So it then means, doesn't matter how old you are, sometimes it's just holding a space for someone younger to get on and do it. Um, and I love that. You know, even just watching little nine-year-old grandson um, this morning at the beach, he um, he came up to me and he said, Danny, I just um, saw this little boy sitting over there on the wall and he looked a bit lonely. So I went up to him and I just started asking him what he was doing here and what his name was. And, and he said, and he started to talk to me and he said, he just reminded me of my friend Carlisle who had to go back to New Zealand. And he said, we had a great chat. It was really nice. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, that boy has a gift of connection. So now we can make it mean, and oh, that's really nice, Brax, and give him a pat on the head and he can do it again in a more and more artificial way and because he knows he's going to get brownie points. Or we can say, you know, um, things to him. Oh, and so, ha- you know, how do you, how did that make you? That felt really good. And I said, and how do you think it made your cousin feel when you walked away from her because you left her to go and make someone else happy? And he went, oh, I didn't realise I did that. He said, no problem, just be aware. And he, um, he went, oh, okay. And off he, they, t- they trotted and did their thing. But that's the role we can play as elders is, not by making people right and wrong, but just helping them get true to themselves and not become who they think other people want them to be, where they get kicks and brownie points and accolades. And then they start to get out of their soul level and they get into their head because they know it's going to give them, some, it'll give them stuff or it'll give them money or it'll give them something else that they think is going to buy happiness. It'll give them choice, but we know it doesn't buy happiness. So, um, that still comes back to something you can get in each and every day coming from the soul level. So that's my take on the, my life, my project. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, when you talked about finding a mentor, one of the things that um, I love so beautifully, you know, you, you're always aware of, uh, you know, contributing to other people. And, and what I have noticed for myself is, you know, you've got, you've got to step into the re- arena, <laughs> you know, you've got to say yes to that project or yes. And when you do, the dolphins come. And until then, you're, they're kind of circling around because they can't really see you because you haven't seen yourself, right? But the minute you sort of start to acknowledge yourself, they, they, you're actually swimming in the arena and they're going, wow, great. You know, how can I contribute? How can I? And that's when you get, you know, people like Ray Martin saying, which I thoroughly agree with, by the way, <laughs> that that wouldn't have happened without you, not biased in any way. And and I also loved what you said about, um, you know, it's a circle, but as soon as you're sort of coming toward the end, there's no actual end. And so you get the energy and you bounce off into what else can you create and what else can you, you know, is, is sort of asking for, the, for an energy um, to, you know, to generate and create. And I loved, I loved when you said that as well. And and then when you talked about Brax, you know, this is the thing that I'm, I'm personally really passionate about. It's, you know, we to not, you know, um, educate our children to just be autopilot responders 
like do this and you get your brownie points and you know it it can take them away from their essence their you know their infinite self and and so it's and I love just asking questions you know questions with no agenda and questions with no point of view and um, so they can actually choose what's true for them not how we would like them to be exactly yeah and what's the homework yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw it at you uh, this week <laughs> well getting there you know, I, I think it would be good for each of us just to take a few moments to think about where somebody has said you know you're so good at that or mm. um, you will know you will know you know again if you get out of your head and try and label it don't label it this is the big thing because it's probably something that hasn't got a name just yet you know in my case it took me 30 years to see that oh yes I do have this gift of being the glue yeah for want of a better word or to be a bridge between you know different points of view doesn't matter what what the label is you will know the feeling and you will know whether it feels great because it'll be generative um it'll feel creative (laughs) uh and you'll see that it doesn't it doesn't uh, anyway you know what i'm saying Uh, so i I think if, if individuals can actually look at again shine the light just on you don't look at others around you you might use someone as an example about and you could do that for a start you know what do you see in others that they can't actually see for themselves that not in a qualification that you get a, a piece of paper for what's their gift yeah what do you admire about others because um, if you can yeah. admire it you can see it and if you see it you're most likely being it <laughs> With, exactly. maybe you haven't acknowledged it and the other thing exactly. that came when you just talked about that was um, Simon Sinek. You know, he talks about the why. And um, yeah, yeah. one of the things he says to help you work out your why is to talk to somebody that you, that absolutely cares about you, not an intimate partner. Um, but so, so, for example, I would talk to you, you know, someone that knows me really well, that I really do love and trust and and ask them, why are we friends? And he says, initially, you'll get the the blah, blah, like, oh, you're fun, or you're this, you're that, or, you know, and, and then you say, yeah, but there's other people that are that, so why me? And you just keep on going, but, you know, but that's great, but what else, what else? And he says, you keep on asking until, you know, you get the goosebumps, until you get that moment where maybe you tear up when they say what they say. And so I thought to do it um, with my closest friend, and so, she, you know, she started with the more superficial stuff, and I said, yeah, other people have that, you know, like, so what, what else, what else? And she then said, um, I can be all of me and you're never going to judge me. And mm-hmm. it's safe. It's actually I'm safe to say anything and, and be anything. And I teared up. And so, you know, look at – and that wasn't the only thing she said and I've spoken to other people. I might just do that with you one day. <laughs> we'll do yeah. it for each other. But it's a lovely yeah. thing when you um, can get to what is it, what is it about you that – you probably just don't even think about that can actually create and generate massively for you. Absolutely. And we all need more space. You talked about the next pandemic being anxiety. Well, yeah, I would say trauma, but yeah, he said anxiety and I definitely agree with that. (laughs) Well, anxiety comes as a result of trauma, doesn't it? Correct. When you start to dig down, but they're all about needs not being fulfilled. So, you know, the more we talk about what needs, what our basic needs um, are, and that comes down, that's another way of getting to, hang on, what, what, what am I, what's my gift here? 
you know, so anyway, they're, they're all different uh, now, now, you've so. opened up Pandora's box for me, so... <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, de- we definitely need to do some something on need and needy, um, yes, because they're yeah. very very different energies. Big difference. Yes. Difference. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, my sweet. Yeah. And Grace, I just want to say thank you. You know, you, you said it before. You, you wanted to ask me about this yeah. because you see something in me. Yeah. But I, I. To me, that's just normal. Yeah, I know. And it's so not normal. (laughs) It's miraculous. My my point is we can do this for others around us in our life. Oh, good point. We need to do it more and more. And so I just think that if it is going to be anxiety and trauma and all of that, the impacts of trauma, Mm. then we can. there's something we can do each and every day is deal with some, talk to someone, say, I just want to tell you what I see in you. Oh, I just love like, that. Can you can you yeah. get that energy? Imagine that flowing across the universe, you know, and around our planet. Because yeah. um, there's nothing yeah. more beautiful than being received. There really isn't. There's nothing more beautiful than being truly received without being right and wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. And women will do it more than men, is my in my experience, because that, that men have a different purpose in life, and it's a bigger question, but. It's not so common for them to open their heart and their emotions straight away. But if if other men um, were to say to them what they saw in them, oh, then be beautiful, wouldn't it be great? What yeah. a different conversation rather than talking about the sport or the whatever else is going on. That um, the safe topics, <laughs> the safe topics. Anyway, they're all different. Well, it's that vulnerability, it, isn't it? Just to, to be vulnerable, yeah. um, you know, and uh, this is just really quick, but like I was choosing an accountant and um, there was this lady, she answered the phone and, and the, the energy she was being when she answered the phone was like, oh, you know, okay, yes. <laughs> and and I was just like, yeah, um, that doesn't work for me, that energy. And But what was so beautiful is you, you, it's not about going into s- separation because that's what we do, right? And so yeah. I actually just dropped into exactly what you said I, and I just said, hey, are you okay? Is this a good time? And it just threw her. Mm. And so this is the, the gift of, you know, uh, whether it's man speaking to a man or, or you speaking to a potential client or, you know, someone you might do business with. What if we actually were vulnerable enough to go, hey, you know, are you okay? What's up? Mm-hmm. And actually mm-hmm. listen to the response, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Anyway. What a gift, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, sweetheart. Well, thank you for that and um, we'll chat again soon. Yes, you survived, see? <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for the gift that you are. And um, I've, I've just gotten so much out of today, so thank you. And um all you guys listening in, if you would like to get in contact with either one of us, um, just go to choosinggreater.com and send us a message. Okay, take care and we'll catch you when we catch you. Bye.